This episode of Global Impact is brought to you by Support DDS. Support DDS provides dental offices with complete front desk support that includes insurance verification, billing and collections, and reactivation of patients. Sign up for no contract services today on supportdds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Global Impact Podcast, a show that looks at how businesses make an impact in ministry. I'm J.W. Oliver, and today we're with Vince Dilley, the CEO and founder of Platinum Dental Services. Vince is a dental entrepreneur who runs a DSO that partners with dentists to improve business efficiency, improve patient care, and maximize economies of scale. His startup story has been one of grit and determination and has been often shared on various platforms, including the recent DEO Falls Summit. Others, other than help struggling practices get back on their feet, he has actively volunteered for several charities. He's worked with the Haiti Health Initiative, where he, had, he and a team of dentists and hygienists helped serve over 700 dental services in Timo. He has volunteered for Lada, uh, Puerto Rico, helping with construction after Hurricane Maria. His involvement with orphanages in Mexico has seen him build playgrounds, paint schools, clean, raise money for Christmas presents, and buy basic necessities. Vince, man, it's great to have you. How are you doing today? Doing well, JW. Thanks for having me. Well, you've got an interesting story. I mean, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before, you know, how did you get started into the dental business specifically? I, I know you had Platinum Recall, still have, I believe, Platinum Recall. Tell me how, you, how you've worked this and, and what inspired you to get into to go into the dental business and also help struggling practices. Yeah, so uh, Platinum Recall is a is a service that we uh, do outbound phone calls for for dental offices to reactivate their patient base. So I bought that company in 2010. Uh, realized uh, you know several of our clients kind of struggled to run the business uh, side of things, and so that led into you know buying uh, struggling dental offices and then kind of plugging them into the patient reactivation business and then implementing the other business support services that would would help support doctors to focus on patient care. So. Uh, we, I bought my uh, kind of first dental office, first uh, partnership in 2012, and um, yeah, we've been doing it for about eight years, coming up on nine years, and we've uh, done about 26 transactions, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, been a great, great ride. It's been, it's been a crazy ride, but it's been great. Uh, learned a lot through the process. And, that, and, and you started Platinum Dental just eight years ago, and you, so you've grown pretty rapidly in, in these acquisitions and the the advent of, of helping those. And your model sounds a little bit different. I mean, some people like to go buy, buy out and buy those with a, you know, a, a, a high multiple or a great EBITDA. And, and it sounds like you've really focused on saying, hey, we can take this current practice, partner with the doctor and turn it around as well. Yeah, it's been a little bit different. Um, you know, I'll tell you, there's not a lot of people lining up to buy struggling practices for a reason that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's relatively challenging, but uh, when, you, when you have no money, when you start, that's, that's kind of how you start. So you can't go buy... <laughs> Uh, a high-performing office when you don't have any money. So that's that's you know we've we've uh, I put my pennies together at the start and uh, kind of started on my own. Didn't didn't have a uh, you know a, a trust fund to pull from or anything like that. So it's been uh, it's been good, challenging, but but incredibly rewarding for sure. You, you your your story and ours uh, coincide. I, I came from a, a divorced family and and uh, when I first started my business, uh, I was. I was storing stuff in my mom's garage and I was, I was getting old dental equipment out and spray painting it and fixing it up and selling it. And I was like, uh, you know, charging on one card and paying off the other one. And, you know, you just, you just found a way to make it work. Right. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're in a, in a country that, uh, that, that allow, you know, has the liberties to be able to, to do that. Right. Uh, you can, 
pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and make something happen. And uh, incredibly fortunate to have uh, you know to have been born here and been able to to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, I think uh, uh, especially with the recent elections and changeover and whichever side of the fence you tend to get on, the one thing that we realize is uh, even the transition of power and the changeover, we we definitely have an opportunity to uh, and live in an unbelievable country as well. So. Uh, I, I read your I read your mission statement on your website: friendly, convenient, affordable, quality care. Uh, I noticed you have some expanded hours that you do, and it sounds like you definitely put yourself in a position where you can cater towards uh, the working person as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we um, you know we've uh, added uh, you know a good number of people with each acquisition. You know, the the job opportunities grow. Uh, we have people who've been with us for a long time who have. You know, started in the call center and have worked themselves up in either the finance department or into operations. And um, uh, yeah, I think with each, uh, you know, with more growth comes more opportunity to, to help those within the organization, but to help help those outside the organization as well, which is is really my passion. So we, we really have, um, you know, a set of core values that we, you know, go through with every new hire. Everybody kind of comes through and, and learns our core values. Our, our number one core value is to serve others. Um, and so that's uh, something that we uh, evangelize uh, within the organization. At the start of every meeting, every week, we we talk about a core value story. We pick somebody out that we saw, and or or uh, a story that we heard about throughout the organization where somebody uh, was serving others and and stepped up and went above and beyond to to help other people. So uh, we really try to weave weave those uh, those virtues, those values throughout the organization. Man, that 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 changes people's. Not only does that change your business, but that changes people's lives when you intertwine. Your, your core values and especially when they're Christ-centered and they're focused in on how you're going to give back to people. I, I just read on your LinkedIn, I think it was yesterday, um, about a, a, one of your own dentists, I think, who, who, who wanted to expand out on his own. And uh, I think you said you, you supported him to reach out. And a few years later, he was struggling. And, but you went back out and partnered with him to, to help him back out again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's uh, we try to keep good relationships, you know, uh, for, for all reasons. You know, it, it, sometimes it comes back to benefit benefits you in a business way, like like that one did, and um, other times it's uh, you know people just people just need a helping hand. You know, I had had somebody call me yesterday who was just having a real hard time. She's she doesn't have kids. She's uh, her dog's passing away this week. She's had a really hard time in her practice this week. This is a doctor, right? And uh, you know, she's. We spent 45 minutes just talking about life and leadership and what, you know, how, how we really gain, gain happiness in this life through, you know, serving others and leading. And, you know, it's, it's those moments that are really um, keep me coming back. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's not it, it's, the money, the money doesn't keep you coming back. I'll tell you that much. Like, it's just, it's those moments that keep you coming back and, and realize that there's a greatest, you know, a greater purpose uh, for all of us uh, in, in all this that we're doing. Well, and, 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 and people need to see that within an organization. You know, I, I kind of serve in the same role as a CEO level. And, and, and a lot of times, yeah, you, you don't have, it's unfortunate. You don't have time to speak to everybody every day. But I think when people are going through their greatest needs, leadership must show that you have compassion and empathy for them. And, and you're willing to take that time. And, and, and you're like me. I mean, I'm, uh, if somebody really is going through something very difficult, then I want to give them the time that they need because that single thing alone can impact. But, but, but I always say when the devil can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. Right. And I, and I think when we're busy dealing with all our day-to-day -day life things, we, we can just miss that opportunity. Could be somebody standing next to us on an elevator. Could be somebody that uh, sitting on a plane 
a lot of times it's just offering that encouraging word. And obviously the, the person, the, the dentist there in yours yesterday needed, needed that word. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's easy to do. It's easy to be busy. It's easy to look at the boxes you have to check and be distracted. And, you know, it's, um, there was a, a ecclesiastical leader that, uh, you know, gave a talk one time uh, who I look up to and he, he was talking about Christ's life. Uh, I know you're a Christian and uh, feel comfortable sharing that, but um, you know, he, uh, he talked about all the different um, circumstances and, and stories of Christ's life, how he was always turning outward to serve others. Even in moments where he, he could have been justified to look inward, right. As, as he's, uh, as he's hanging on the cross um, you know, he, uh, he, he forgives those who are, are doing it to him, uh, as well as he looks down at John and says, take care of Mary for me, right? Yeah, right. You know, he, he's he in was this worried moment. about them, yeah. Yeah, he's in this moment where he has every reason in the world to be looking inward, and uh, and he's looking outward, and he did that repeatedly throughout his life, and I think that's uh, one of the greatest examples that we can have, that if we get busy or we get self-interested, you know, to a degree where we, where we miss those opportunities to look outward, it's... Uh, you know, again, there's, um, you may find worldly success, but uh, you're not going to find fulfillment and happiness in that. I, I uh, Vince, uh, just to elaborate on that, I've never heard that. Ever, this happened to me last week with another uh, biblical story, but I never had put those two together. That's, that's interesting that you shared that, that, you know, when we're under our, you know, you can take our daily lives, whether we're dealing with COVID right now, which we're in the middle of, or whether we're dealing with financial issues or stress, here was, here was Jesus knowing that he was at his dying moment, and yet he was worried about the thief next to him. He was worried about, John, take care of my mother. He was saying, uh, please don't hold this against them. They know not what they do. And uh, there was you know, three or four things he did reaching out to other people that uh, when he was in the greatest time of need. So maybe that's a good lesson to learn. Uh, that Kind of a moral of that for me is whenever I'm at my greatest time of need, maybe that's when I need to reach out and help somebody else. Yeah, that's that's kind of the moral of that that talk that was given because uh, you know he gives several examples throughout his life he did that right right before he went into Gethsemane and and suffered greatly and bled from every pore right uh, he he met with his his apostles and what did he say he said peace be unto you yeah yeah he, he had every every reason to be worried about himself but he was worried about the peace that his that his, his apostles had so great example the greatest example and uh, you know we've we've got a great oppor opportunity and great stewardship and obligation to. Uh, to, to do that. And, and ultimately that's where happiness is for us. Right. So, um, so that, so, so we try to lead that way. Obviously we have a variety of uh, religious backgrounds, a variety of faiths or variety of perspectives. Right. But um, service is one thing that service to one another is something that we can all find common ground on. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the point of, of the podcast here I do is it's, it's utilizing, how can you make a global impact? And the global impact doesn't have to be uh, uh, reaching out to feed people in, in India. Uh, doesn't have to be traveling to some remote place. Making that impact is that impact on the person working right next to you. It's that in the dental business, it's maybe the patient. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on the phone talking to doctors about the services we offer or equipment we're selling or something, and and you can tell they're struggling. And sometimes it's just like, hey, man, how you doing today? Everything, you know, how's, and, and they'll sometimes just open up. You know, I've had a pretty crappy day. Um, and, and you're able to share that. So I think through our businesses, we, especially as leaders, we can, we can set the tone, we can set the culture, uh, we can help other people know that that's a part of, 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 of what we do. Uh, 
I read about your free dental day. I, I, that, that's a pretty amazing thing. I saw in, in 2000, this was 2019 and maybe some newer stats, but you saw 295 patients and $82,000 worth of dental care in just one day. And uh, yeah, I imagine you could have had those, I think it was 16 doctors doing other things to, to increase your bottom line and to help out that bottom revenue. But, you know, really out of the course of, of what, uh, however many work days, 250 or so work days we have out of the year, just to take one and set it aside to help those who need that care. That That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's been a special day for us uh, every year and, and other, other DSOs do the same thing. And, and uh, I look up, up to them and they are bigger and have a more impact. And I, and I think that, it, um, but that, that's what I love about this industry is that we're, we're, we're genuinely here to, uh, you know, we all want to find success monetarily, but at the end of the day, like we're all here to serve, serve other people as well. And so the free dental day is amazing. Um, you know, I think, uh, pe people ask me about the hat, as you can see the hat here says, uh, yeah, be the be reason. The reason. Um, that's, uh, that's our slogan. That's what encapsulates our core values of, of service to others, you know, oh, be, wow. the reason, uh, be the reason that people are happy to come to work every day, that your coworkers are happy to come to work, be the reason that your patients have a great experience, be the reason that, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're successful together. Um, and so we, we encapsulate everything into that slogan and, uh, free dental day is, is really, uh, kind of, kind of the embodiment of that, of that idea that, uh, you know, we're, we see patients all the time, but there's just certain patients that can't, you know, can't, can't afford it, can't get access to the care that they need. And so by opening up our offices, I'm, I'm, I'm continually surprised. I don't know why after this many years, but um, to show up at an office at 7 a.m. and have a, you know, a, a line down the road, down the sidewalk with people waiting to get in, to get an extraction because they're in pain. Um, it just makes me smile every year. It makes me smile wow. every year. And, and so many of our team members have said, you know, on, on many occasions, it's their favorite day of the year um, because, you know, and nobody's getting paid. That's the, you know, and that's where it really is. It, it's about, you know, caring for others where we find, find the greatest joys. Uh, so I, you know, I love free dental day. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing day for us. And, um, it's been great for the business as well, actually, but, um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's that, that joy that it brings when we're able to help patients who otherwise wouldn't have that. Is your dental office overwhelmed with scheduling, billing, and even insurance verification? Sign up with support DDS on a non-contract basis for all your dental office support services. Sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with our team members on supportdds.com and we will make a customized plan just for you. Yeah, we, we've, we've got some events we do in at our uh, uh, our Support DDS, the Support Center there in Harare. And, and uh, at least once a, well, more than that, probably once a month, but at least once a quarter, we have some outward mission, whether it's helping, uh, there, there's a, a place there for women with disabled children and, and, and the called Chinga Ose Association. And, and these are women who are left to care for usually now adult children. You know, they may be 18, 20, even 30 years old. And, and because of the culture, many times the men will just uh, leave those people uh, leave the woman and just run off. And, you know, that, that kid was possessed or he had, you know, the devil was in him. And so they'll just leave them. And so we've partnered with them and a number of times. And uh, matter of fact, we, we fed a uh, 300 families through the, the summer when COVID was at its height and they were unable to travel and make sure they had, you know, basic staples of food. But I was amazed at the number of people in our organization that would show up on a Saturday morning. 
and would not get paid and would spend their time or maybe their gas in their car to get where they needed to go to go serve for the day. And uh, when you create that culture within the business, then you can then create that impact that happens outside the business. But it's got to start inside for might be the reason. And uh, ours is growing together. And so it's, it's, it's how do we, how do we embody that within our organization? I, I know you've done some work in um, uh, Mexico at some orphanages we, we talked about. Uh, I, I really was caught on to your Haiti Health Initiative. I've been, I've been working in Haiti since 2000, right after the earthquake, 2011, 2012. And, um, <laughs> you know, you've been there as well. And, and one of the things I always tell people is when they talk about how tough they have it in the United States and, you know, they're going through this, I go, Oh no, 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 no. You, 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 you're clueless. Uh, you, you really don't know what bad looks like. And it's similar to areas in Zimbabwe. You know, there's no government support. There's no financial aid, you know, financial resources out there like we have for food banks or, uh, you know, WIC with women, you know, women with uh, children and things like that. So what was your experience in Haiti and how did that impact you? Oh gosh, Haiti was was an amazing experience, and it's an amazing experience to work on an ongoing basis with the Haiti, Haiti Health Initiative. Um, you know, they're they're a great organization started by Mark Arell, who grew up in Timo, Haiti, and uh, you know we got introduced to them through a, a mutual friend, an ophthalmologist friend actually, who had gone down there with this group. And so uh, my wife and I said, "Hey, let's let's go down there and you know on this dental trip, and we'll go and." Check it out. And since then, we've sent down a lot of different doctors on different trips. We've sent down hygienists, dental assistants um, to go down there and serve in Haiti. And uh, you know, you get there, and I, you know, I've been to Mexico, I've been to you know what would be considered underdeveloped countries, and then you get to Haiti, and it's a different, it's a different feel. Um, there's there's a more stark contrast of poverty than uh, other places that I've visited. And so uh, it was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, you're about I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, uh, maybe even two hours outside of uh, Port-au-Prince up in the mountains. You get there and you hike in on a little dirt trail for about 30, 45 minutes. And, uh, and then you, you kind of set up camp. We set in a, uh, you know, uh, slept in a tent. Um, they've since built a, built a community center, which is really just four you know, cinder block walls with a tin roof. Um, and then people come from all over, from all over to get this dental work done. And they know that we're going. So uh, my experience, day one was just incredible because, you know, a guy was out in the field chopping stuff down with a machete and cut his finger and cut it real deep, cut it real ugly. And he showed up and we had a group of dentists and we're looking around saying, what, what do we do here? Right. And the dentist stitched him up. And I, you know, I asked, I said, well, what would this guy have done? Had these dentists not been here? They said, rub dirt in it. I mean, that's, they would have stopped the bleeding by putting dirt in it. Like those were his options. And it was in that moment where I was like, just kind of overwhelmed with gratitude for, for what I do have and for, for, you know, for where I was born and so forth. But, you know, the, the gratitude, the joy, that, that was probably my greatest takeaway was uh, we, we took a surgical glove, we blew it up um, and, and tied it like a balloon. And the kids played soccer with that surgical glove balloon for four days straight, laughing, playing, kicking the ball. They didn't have any balls, right? So they're playing with the surgical glove and my wife and I just, you know, several times we have kids just to see these kids so joyful, so happy, so excited to just kick around the surgical glove for, you know, a few days. Uh, it was, it's just a humbling experience. Right? And um, it, it's, there's something beautiful about it at the same time, right? Like they, they live in this poverty, but they're, they're joyful, happy, loving people. 
And uh, they'd cook dinner for us every night. I mean, they'd give you the shirt off their back if they had one, right? Um, so just, just an incredible experience. And then you come back here and, you know, for three or four days, you're just in this kind of surreal state of mind where you're just thinking, gosh, like I, we live so differently. And then very quickly, you settle back into your, yeah. your norms, right? Yeah. Very quickly, you set back into, hey, this is, this is my life. And, and, and you go on not even thinking about it. Um, so it's a, it's a great check for the soul. And I think that it's good for people to, to, to experience that. And, uh, and I've get, you know, gained a great love for the, uh, for the Haitian people through, through our service there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The first time I went, I, I, was, I actually flew into the Dominican Republic. We used to, there, there wasn't an airport uh, at Cap Haitian that you could fly into. And we would fly, we work in the north and, and we had to uh, go to the Dominican Republic. And then we took a bus, about a two hour ride. And the bus actually took you across the, the river where you went across at a place called Winnemint. And um, I, I remember the first time I was like, oh boy, you know, Dominican, I've, I've been places like, I've been to Mexico and different Guatemala and places. And I thought, yeah, you know, Dominicans, it's not too bad. It's pretty poor, you know, looking around. And we literally stopped and we went across this little one lane bridge to go into Haiti. And Vince, I thought a bomb had gone off. I thought, what, what just happened? You know, there was trash everywhere. There was women down in the river. Uh, the trees were deforested, you know, they, they, as you know, they, they, they take the, the trees and cut them down. They make coal. That's how they, that's how they provide for their fuel for, you know, cooking. And I thought, wow, it's like a bomb went off here. And uh, you, you, you said something that struck me and, and, and I've, you know, been a number of times since, and every time I, I get somewhat of the same experience, but I remember, um, coming back that first time, I literally cried. I, I, uh, we were in a, we were holding hands and the guys, these three other men that I was with were holding hands and I was praying on the trip back and I just started bawling. And, and I was like, okay, I need to quit crying because I'm a grown man. And what do these people think about me? And uh, the guy I was with that had been before said, are you all right? I said, I just realized I get to go home and they don't. And, and, you know, I get to go back to my comfortable lifestyle. And, and as soon as I cross that border, it gets better. And I get on that plane and things change. And, and you're right. You, you, you tend to uh, three or four days, you settle and you're, you're kind of back into your groove. And, and uh, it's even though I get, you know, messages and things from a lot of those kids that we work with and uh, we're helping to go to different universities and whatnot. It, it's it's still you settle back, so it's it's nice to have that refresher and even sitting here talking to you kind of just brings back some real fond memories of of the impact you can have when you do those things too. Yeah, that's great to hear. And and what I took away is that they're just incredibly joyful people, right? Yeah. That in their own circumstances, they're joyful people, and I think that that's a, that's a special thing to remember because <laughs> we, we we live with a lot of things that we think make us happy. But, but the real things that make us happy aren't, aren't the material things that, that oftentimes bring short-term pleasures. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the glove you mentioned, blowing up the glove and playing for it. I'm thinking, how long would our kids have uh, found that entertaining, right? I oh, mean, my, my kids are bored with their Christmas presents by noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure a blown up glove is not going to last very long, right? That's, they're going to they're gonna kick that. They're going to say, Dad, why did you even give me this, first of all? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, in, incredibly, incredibly joyful. Well, um, I, I, again, it's it's evident to see that um, uh, that people can make a difference in their busy. You know, we're we're all busy, right? I mean, I sometimes I look down at my to do list and uh, I need to I need to cross a bunch of items off. 
and then I've got a, a, a text from a kid in Haiti that's saying, hey, uh, can you help me with this? Um, I got want to take one more course at the university. And, and you know, like, how much is it? And he goes, oh, it's, it's $60. And I'm going, wow, okay, $60. You know, we got a kid in med school. It costs 500. He's in the Dominican Republic going to medical school. And, it's, and it literally is $500 a month to keep him in medical school and his living expenses. It's a seven-year program. And you just think, wow, what? He's in his fifth year now or fourth, fourth, four and a half years. And you just think, man, the impact you can make is, is amazing. And you, you sometimes got to transition out of God doesn't think this stuff is near as important as I do. Uh, these people on the other end are, are just as important. So definitely a yeah. lesson we have to remember and learn too. Yeah, most definitely. And that, you know, that's, in my experience in Mexico and Puerto Rico and things, you know, the, the hardest part for nonprofits to stay in business is funding. Yeah. And they typically, they typically go on this raise money, spend money, raise money, spend money cycle. And, if, you know, at any given point, they can kind of be forced to close their doors. And I think that if we can leverage our, our, uh, our, our businesses in ways, our businesses, our resources, our, our business skills in ways to um, create uh, some type of recurring uh, recurring uh, monetary support for for these uh, you know efforts for this service, um, that, that's an incredibly powerful thing because it's 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 a challenge to do. And you know my hope is when I'm done in dentistry and I'm done you know running my business and things that that that's where I spend the later years of my life is is uh, creating these systems that that allow people the same freedoms that we have to pull us up by our bootstraps and create a long-term sustainable way of, of uh, you know, a higher level of, of uh, quality of life. So uh, I, I get the challenge. I've worked closely with these, with, with these nonprofits and I've been on the side of raising money and, and, uh, and it's an extreme challenge. So um, anyway, so for me, that's, that's exciting. It's exciting to figure out, you know, use my business acumen to try to figure out something that can be sustainable for people for a long time. And I think that uh, we've done a little bit of that in Puerto Rico, but I think that we've got, uh, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, and you're right. I, you know, I know when uh, I kind of told you the story of my partner and I meeting and, uh, you know, I've been in the dental industry since the 80s. And then about five and a half years ago, we, we met and and we both committed that uh, as both followers of Christ, we both committed that we were going to we decided let's give 51 percent of our business back to ministry. So we've done that. And we've saying uh, every quarter we we look at our p l and we we pull off 51 percent and we we allocate that to various ministries and and i not not that people have to do 51 percent we both have other businesses that we run as well uh but we we wanted to really be able to say this that our our ministry our business belongs to god so again i'm not saying everybody has to go to that extreme uh but even if you could carve off something every month as a business owner it truly can make an impact and, and as you said, if it's consistent, it's even a greater impact because these ministries, uh, uh, doesn't have, again, doesn't have to be in Haiti. It doesn't, could be right around your corner in your backyard at the local food bank. Um, it's, it's that you can make a significant difference, especially when you're consistent with it as well. Yeah. I, I love some things that the Haiti Health, Haiti Health Initiative have done, but it's, uh, it's similar to your, your doctor who's in medical school that, you know, if that doctor, once he becomes a doctor, right, we know doctors in the Dominican Republic don't make what doctors make here, right? It's yeah. not even to be expected, but if he could help support one other person to go to medical school, right, at some point, like, though it's it's that local sustain sustainability um, that, that really excites me, right? Because uh, they, can, they can benefit, I mean, after the earthquake down in Haiti, billions of dollars float into Haiti, but you go down there and you're like, what happened where'd to that money land? Where'd the money go? <laughs> Yeah, never got to the it. people, right? Um, and so, so to me, what's really exciting is, 
is kind of combining the virtues of, of self-reliance and, you know, being able to, to put in the effort and, and uh, you know, uh, make something of yourself combined with the resources to do that. We have the resources here in America and they don't in places like Haiti. And, and it gets me really excited to think that somebody like that person, that, that doctor, um, being able to pass that along in their local community in a way is uh, long-term sustainability. I'm, uh, you know, I, and I love that stuff. I've got some mentors that have uh, gone on to do this after they sold their companies and it's a uh, great passion of mine. So I love, love talking to people like you and, and hearing what you guys are doing and everything that you guys have done. You guys have done something all over the place. So it's, uh, it's fun and inspiring to hear what you guys have done as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And just saying what you did about one of the things we transitioned to about four years ago in Haiti, as we said, I want to be a part of, of, of helping people further their, we don't want to just hand them food and candy and say, Hey, good luck. You know, uh, we, we wanted to give them the tools so that they could improve their education. You know, we've got uh, one in medical school, one in dental school. We've got uh, some of them have gotten their computer uh, repair courses there in Haiti. Uh, we've even had one come to the U.S. and go to school. So all of them we've really tasked with, hey, we'll help you, but but you got to go back and exactly what you said, uh, either use your resources to help more people uh, or, or at least help others in your family. So uh, I, I think that's right. It's, it's, uh, and <laughs> We can always do more. It doesn't take a lot of money to do these impactful things, right? It usually just takes time, which is yeah. uh, sometimes harder than money, right? You just, you just say, "I just can I just give, please?" <laughs> but way uh, way easier to write a check than to show up for six hours. Amen. Or, or yeah, you know, you sometimes not, people not as, not as fulfilling. I, I'll say it's not as fulfilling, but it is. Uh, you know, that's what we tend to do sometimes, uh, for sure. And, and we need, and I always say, we need both, right? We need people sure, to write absolutely. those checks. And we need people to go volunteer and, and, and some, some people can do both. And that's, that's very helpful as well. That's right. You have to, you have to have both of those things. Well, Vince, I appreciate you. I know you're a busy man and I appreciate you taking the time. I, I, I saw some of your things on LinkedIn and we've, we've kind of talked back and forth in some messaging on some of the things we do. And I just appreciate you uh, taking the time. Your, your model's different in uh, taking over these uh, struggling practices and, and retooling them. That's that in itself is, is a very different skill level than just expanding your DSO. So uh, pretty exciting. Thanks for your time. Thanks for jumping on here during a Friday afternoon and, and visiting with us. And I, I really you know, sincerely appreciate it and wish you a ton of luck coming up as well. Well, I greatly benefited from talking with you, uh, JW. It's uh, always good to have these conversations and they're, they're inspiring. Thank you very much and uh, best of luck to you guys. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining on another edition of Global Impact. And thanks to Vince. We'll put some show notes in there where you can see Vince's information as well. And uh, have a super weekend. This episode was brought to you by Support DDS. Sign up today for no contract services on supportdds.com.